You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Hey, good to see you guys. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Glad you are here. And how about a little love for Robbie and that awesome talk on the box last Sunday? Join me in thanking Robbie for that. Uh, so as we start the conversation today, uh, my neighbors used to have these chickens, right? And one of the things that I loved about my neighbors having chickens was that uh, they would bring over some of those delicious cage-free eggs sometimes. And that inspired my daughter to make a little art installation about cage-free eggs. But it was, you know, Nicholas cage-free uh, eggs there, which I thought was kind of clever. Um, but today, uh, I went ahead and brought, I was so excited about chickens that I brought some little chickens to church today. Um, and they're just chirping away. Say hi, little guy. Did you hear them there? Uh, so anyways, the reason I brought them uh, is because of our topic today. And if you want little fuzzy chickens, I think I'm going to name them the Golden Girls or something like that. But um, if you want little yellow fuzzy chickens like that, they're in their egg for uh, in a good environment. They have to be in a warm environment in their egg for guess how long? 21 days. Those of you that have kept chickens know, if you, you've hatched little chicks like this, you have to keep them in their egg in a warm environment for 21 days, and then they will break through the eggshell and, and new life will come, right? New little chickens will come. And then if you have more chickens, you can multiply your eggs, you can multiply your number of chickens and good things happen. And so today we start this series on 21 days of prayer, which is all about breaking through in prayer. And so does anyone besides me want a breakthrough in prayer in your spiritual life? Anybody besides me? Right on. So uh, uh, I want breakthroughs into new things, new life. Uh, for you, as you engage with this series in 21 Days of Prayer, new things are going to break through in your life. For some of you, that may mean like new relationships. So single guys who are looking for chicks, uh, uh, maybe it'll happen for you during this series. Single ladies that are looking for roosters, maybe it'll happen for you, right? The rooster says cock-a-doodle-doo. The single woman says the dude with the job will do, right? So uh, this is what, what we want, but we want to break through to new things. Some of you are going to break through with new business ideas. Others are going to break through with new ministry ideas or investment strategies or new levels of health and healing in your life or newly restored relationships that have been severed in the past or others are going to break through with new spiritual gifts gifts or others are going to break through with a new relationship with God because you've been seeking him, trying to figure out if he's legit and he's going to show himself, reveal himself to you. Others of you are praying for people that you love and care about to have a relationship with God and they're going to break through to a new relationship with him during this series. So it all starts when you and I make the commitment to pray through to break through. Would you say that out loud with me real quick? Our big idea for the series. Ready? Here we go. Pray through to break through. Let's say it again with a little bit more attitude. Ready? Here we go. Pray through to break through, right? We're committing ourselves to pray through to break through. And we're going to see this play out in the life of a guy named Daniel. Now, Daniel was exiled from 
Judah into Babylon. And what the Babylonians would do is they would go into an area like Judah. They would take all the best looking, most intelligent young people, and they would assimilate them into Babylonian culture. Uh, They would uh, probably pierce Daniel's ear. They changed his clothes. They changed his food. They taught him uh, the Babylonian ways, Babylonian philosophy. But here's one of the things that really put Daniel on the map in Babylon to the king. Daniel had this ability, a spiritual ability to interpret dreams. He would have dreams and they would always come true, but he could also uh, accurately interpret the dreams of others. And he interpreted one of the king's dreams. And so the king in turn gave him all this authority in Babylon. And one day, one uh, uh, evening, I guess, Daniel had a dream about a war and he needed the interpretation of his own dream. And it didn't come to him at the moment of the dream. And he thought, what am I going to do? There's a war that's going to happen. I need to know when this is going to happen and what it's all about. And so he went into a time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And at the end of his prayer and fasting, after 21 days, um, he had a vision that gave him the answer to his prayer. And we're going to check in with what the angel said to him in Daniel chapter 10. Look at verse 12. It says, the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Daniel. Because Daniel had fallen on the ground. He was scared to death in front of this awesome angel. You know, he fell down. He couldn't talk. He couldn't move. And the angel said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come to answer your prayer, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. So the short answer to this war that Daniel was worried about, uh, this angel tells him it's going to happen sometime in the future, a time to come. But let me make a couple of observations about this particular text. Number one is um, his prayer was heard, his request was heard on day one, but nothing happened for 21 days. These are some really loud chickens, man. They're just going off, okay? Anyways, um, that, <laughs> I'm scatterbrained. Uh, I, sometimes I pray and like I'll pray and I'll, I'll just have a thought and I'll pray about that thought. And then I don't write it down sometimes, and it gets answered, and I didn't even remember that the prayer got answered because I didn't write it down. And so that's why I'm going to encourage you in this series to write down on something your prayer requests, the things that you're going to be praying for during these 21 days. And if you'll notice, uh, the previous services, they wrote on their uh, little white magnets. You get those magnets? Hold those up for me. Make sure. Okay. You've got those? You're going to be able to write down your prayer requests on that. And then stick them on the front of our stage because our stage is magnetized. Um, it's got magnet paint on it, which is kind of cool, isn't it? But anyways, you're going to be able to stick those on the, the stage. But I would also recommend typing into your phone, writing on paper your prayer requests um, so that you can see and know when God has acted and moved on your behalf. But a second observation I want to make is that prayer often involves spiritual warfare. It's not a passive thing, but you're engaging in a spiritual war when you pray. You can see in this text the prince, uh, the spirit prince of Persia was fighting with Daniel's 
angel for 21 days in this story. And a lot of people believe that this spirit prince of Persia had been given some type of spiritual uh, demonic authority over uh, that particular geographic area. That concept is known as the territorial spirit. It's taught by uh, former uh, Fuller Theological Seminary professor Peter Wagner. He wrote this book called Territorial Spirits. Uh, interesting read. But territorial spirits are talked about throughout the Hebrew and Christian scriptures. Let me show you some examples of this. Um, Isaiah and Ezekiel spoke of demons that were over Babylon and Tyre. Jesus called Satan the prince of this world. Paul called Satan the god of this world. Little g-god, by the way. Jesus cast a legion of demons out of a region. Remember the story where he cast them into the pigs? They ran into the ocean. Then Jesus calls Pergamum the place where Satan's throne is. Jesus called Smyrna the synagogue belonging to Satan. And so uh, according to this type of thinking, some people believe that they're like demon spirits that have a primary influence over specific geographic areas or certain cities. So for example, um, a lot of people would say there was a materialist spirit over Dallas. I would say last night there was an awesome football spirit over Dallas that clearly was from God uh, last night in a Cowboys victory over the, um, the poor Seahawks. <laughs> All the Cowboys fans said, amen. Thank you, Lord. Some people would say there's a spirit of poverty over San Antonio or beloved San Antonio because of the income inequality here and the large number of people living below the poverty level. So I think this is the type of thing we keep in mind uh, when we pray for different areas. But understand that Daniel's 21 days is not a prayer formula. What I mean by that is um, sometimes... We have to pray longer than 21 days for stuff. You can't just say, I prayed 21 days, so God didn't answer, so it's not going to happen. 21 days is really more of a concept by which we endure in prayer to pray as long as it takes. 21 days is a way that we say we are going to, whatever it takes, pray through to breakthrough. It may be 21 days, it may be 21 years that we have to pray for certain things, but we have to dig in and commit ourselves to pray through to breakthrough. In fact, why don't we say it again together? You ready? Here we go. Pray through to breakthrough. That is our commitment today. And so what did Daniel fast from in the midst of his fast? Well, we see the answer to that question in Daniel 9, or rather Daniel 10, verses 2 through 3. It says, When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks or 21 days. All that time, I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips. And I used no fragrant lotions. (laughs) So like Nacho Libre, the creams and lotions, right? Uh, Until those three weeks had passed. So he fasted from uh, choice foods, you know, like uh, tamales and tacos and stuff like that, uh, from meat, and he didn't drink wine during this time, and he didn't use these fragrant creams or lotions. And uh, what's that all about? Well, uh, he would have worn um, these creams that would have smelled good, kind of like what we use uh, perfume or cologne for today. And basically, I think what he's doing here is he's saying, I'm not going to do anything to make myself smell good to draw positive attention towards myself during this fast. And so um, with that in mind, why don't you turn to someone next to you, just kind of sniff and go, you smell good. You're obviously not fasting. (laughs) 
You singles, I'm always working on your behalf, okay? <laughs> Be grateful for it, right? Smell good. But, but another part of this lotion thing, this scented lotion, is that uh, in that part of the world, it was, it's very arid. And so people had to rub lotion on to keep their skin from getting all ashy. You know what I'm saying? From getting, some people are like, you know, like, skin's so dry they're like a lizard, you know what I mean? Uh, so turn to someone next to you and say, your skin's not ashy. <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it? Uh, so you could have turned to someone and said, you're not a lizard, but I won't have you do that. So when we talk about fasting here from stuff, uh, there are people that would come to me and they say, Doug, look, I understand your church has, you know, a lot of mature believers, but you also have a lot of new believers because we baptized 238 people last year, which I say right on. Thank God for that. Anybody on board with that one? That's good. But people would say, hey, you know, you can't expect people to fast because you got all these new believers that have just been baptized. You've got all these people that don't even believe in God that are spiritual investigators trying to figure out if God's even for real. Um, And I say the opposite is true. Those of you that are spiritual investigators here, what I found over the years is that you want the real thing. You want the real practices. And there are a lot of us that have been believers for a while that we have been chilling and it's time to be challenged, is it not? And this is one of those times, this is one of those series where we're challenged. What do we really believe about prayer? Do we really believe that something happens? And are we really willing to practice the stuff in the Bible that's hard for us to do, like Fasting. See, you know why our prayers aren't as powerful as the prayers of Jesus and the apostles? Because we don't accompany our prayers with fasting as much as the Bible characters did. See, if we want real power in our prayers, we add fasting to it. And look, there are tons of churches, particularly in America, with attractional-based churches that want to make everything comfortable and everything's about us and everything's to make your life better. But look, Ultimately, you don't experience the abundant life and the good parts of the gospel without practicing the hard parts where you deny yourself, you take up your cross, you follow him daily, and that is the challenge during 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I want to be very clear what I'm asking you to do. I want to say it as clear as I possibly can. I'm asking you during this teaching that I'm giving to you right now, whether you're here in the room, in the cafe, or watching online, I'm asking you to decide during this talk that you are going to fast from some things. And then after 21 days, on January the 27th, we will all break our fast together. We'll be like Nacho and Encarnacion. We'll break our vows together, right? Uh, at the end of 21 days, uh, we'll break the fast. So what is fasting? For those of you that are new to this, I came up, I wrote out a definition. It's abstaining from food, drink, or pleasurable activities as a way to humble yourself to God. It enables the Holy Spirit to reveal your true spiritual condition, resulting in brokenness, repentance, and a transformed life. And you say, well, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to fast? Well, let me show you a few reasons why we fast. You fast to experience the power of God. When you've got a problem that's beyond your your own power to fix, you go to God in prayer and fasting. You say, look, God, I don't have it all together. Uh, I need help from you. I need your power. Um, And and I'm willing to fast and pray 
to experience your help. But number two, fast when you're mourning a loss. You see in the Bible that uh, David, when he was anticipating the loss of his infant son, he went into a time of fasting uh, during that. And I know people in our church that are mourning the loss of loved ones. Uh, there was a lady in the last service who lost her, her son, her 20-something-year-old son, to a car wreck um, over the holidays, and she's in mourning right now. And so uh, w- when you're in mourning, it's a good time to fast, to ask for God's healing and help. Number four, you fast when you want a deeper experience of God's presence. Look, this service is not about just giving you more factoids and information about fasting. But it's about you doing something and experiencing something. You ever know those uh, church people that they just learn a bunch of facts so they can argue with their Christian friends who have a different theological bent than they do? That's not what this is about. This is about us uh, doing something to experience more of God. And as you feel that hunger, um, you uh, say to God, I'm hungry for more of you, a deeper connection uh, with you. Um, And did I skip one there? Did I skip number three about uh, when you fast, uh, you you fast for God to help you with a big decision. So some of you are thinking about a career change. You're thinking about uh, uh, maybe going to a particular college or school or going to the military or whatever. Uh, Will you pray with fasting so that you can get clarity on that big decision. Um, And I just mentioned number four, you fast when uh, you want a deeper experience of God's presence. But I think what we all have to come to terms with is the why. Why are you fasting? That is, what's going on in your life right now that requires prayer with fasting? And when you come to terms with that, um, I would highly recommend that you type it into your phone in a little note, write it down on a piece of paper, type it into a document, but whatever you do, make sure and get that down uh, somewhere so you can pray with fasting during this 21 days. Um, and if you've been praying for something that hasn't happened yet, add fasting to that prayer and it adds power to that prayer. You've been praying for a sick relative and they've not yet been healed. Add fasting to that prayer, and it adds power. If you're stressed about a big decision, add fasting to the prayer. Uh, If your kids aren't, uh, you know, if your kids are having problems and uh, you want to pray for them, add fasting to that prayer. You add power to the prayer. And what I'm been thinking about is what kinds of awesome things could be hatched, spiritually speaking, in our church if a large number of us together went through this series and fasted and prayed together. Do you think that might open the windows of heaven for great spiritual things to be hatched among us and to experience a a level of power in Christ that we've not experienced before? You know, the last two years we've done this. We started the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. I've had person after person after person come up to me and say, Doug, look, man, during that fasting time, I experienced God more than I normally had. I experienced God in ways that I'd never experienced him before when I accompany my prayers with fasting. Now, let me give you some disclaimers about fasting. Fast in a way that your health allows. Some of you who are diabetic or you have uh, special medical needs, uh, make sure and consult with your physician before you fast in any way and make sure and customize a fast that fits your particular health issues. But number two, fasting is not like earning an answer to God's prayer, you know, uh, 
to your prayers from God. God can't really be blackmailed by us. You can't go to God and say, well, I fasted for 21 days, so you owe me an answer. You know really what fasting does? It prepares our hearts to receive God's answer, whatever it may be. I was looking over my last year's 21 days of prayer list, and the majority of them were answered, but there were two of them that God gave me the no. And the fasting helped me receive the no, and I didn't like it. But fasting helps get our hearts aligned with God and his purposes in the world and uh, his, his thoughts about what's going on in our lives. Now, uh, another thought is, uh, another disclaimer is this, number three, repentance and fasting go hand in hand. And certainly that was true in Daniel's case. Look at Daniel 9.3. Daniel says, I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting, also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. I'll explain that in a minute. I prayed to the Lord for my God and confessed, O Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. But we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. And so can you hear the brokenness and uh, the, the contriteness of Daniel's prayer there, he's like, God, we've been getting it wrong. A large number of us have been just blowing off your concepts and uh, thoughts and principles in the Bible. Uh, We've been blowing you off and we're mourning over our own sin. And they were mourning so much over their own sin that they would wear burlap because it's abrasive to your skin. And that represents how our sin is abrasive to God, and they would put ashes on their heads. Ashes represent ruin, and our sin leads to ruin ultimately, see? And this is why uh, Daniel would go before the Lord, and he would say, hey, look, we as a people have rebelled and sinned against you, and we want to mourn over our sin. We don't want to just blow it off or sweep it under the rug or say it's all good, um, but we want to confess our sin to you. Now, let me show you a few different types of fasts. There's the full fast where you take in no water or food. Then there's the food fast where you drink water, but you don't eat any food. Uh, That one's one you want to be careful with. Uh, Those first two you want to be careful with if you have dietary constraints. Um, Number three is the Daniel fast. Earlier in Daniel's life, he ate a vegetarian diet. So he only ate fruits and vegetables and drank water. And so if you're on the Daniel fast, you only eat fruits and vegetables, drink water, maybe juice, but you don't take in any meat. Uh, Then there's the partial fast where you give up one item of food, like you might give up chocolate or meat, red meat, or you might give up uh, coffee or wine or whatever. Um, Then one of the kinds of partial fasts is intermittent fasting, which has become pretty popular these days. A lot of people are intermittent fasting, and that's not so much about what you don't eat, but it's about when you eat. So people who are doing intermittent fasting, they may, the most popular one is you will fast for 16 hours and then you eat within an eight-hour window. And I did a little bit of reading from Dr. Jason Fung, who's a world-renowned expert on fasting. He also treats people with type 2 diabetes, and he's written, um, I think, two or three best-selling books. But I wanted to show you some of the benefits to fasting that Dr. Fung talks about. Improved mental clarity and concentration, weight and body fat loss. How many of you want some of that after the holiday eating, right? Uh, Then there, he says it reverses type 2 diabetes, 
uh, increased energy, lowered cholesterol. Uh, there are other experts that would tell you that fasting seems to fight the effects of aging at the cellular level, reducing damage to DNA, boosting stem cell production, and even protecting brain cells. Um, fasting, and by the way, how many of you could use a little protection of your brain cells these days, you know? You fried a bunch of them when you were younger, now it's time to protect them, right? Uh, uh, fasting can add years to your life, according to uh, many of the experts. But let me show you the fifth type of fast, and that's the uh, uh, media fast. Some people will choose to go without television, go without internet, or go without social media. And so a lot of us that go without social media during the 21 days, uh, we just delete the apps from our phone and you can reload them after the 21 days. But what you do is when you're tempted to check it, you know, you just like check it like you're pulling your gun, right? Um, you check your social media and when you're tempted to do that, you just pray to God and say, God, I'm more concerned about being connected with you than I am being connected with other people. God, I'm more concerned with being approved by you than I am getting likes from other people. That's your prayer when you give up social media during the 21 days. Now, let me show you another one here. Uh, number six is the sex fast, agreeing with your spouse to give up sex for a time to focus on prayer. Uh, this fast is mentioned by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Look at verse 5. He says, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree, that's in a key phrase there, uh, to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterwards, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And a lot of you husbands are saying the same thing that I have to say about the sex fast, and that is um, we just don't feel like it'd be fair to our wives. It'd be hard on them. It'd be a real hardship uh, for them during the 21 days, so uh, you may not want to do that. Uh, but anyways, number seven is the, uh, the silence fast where you go without talking which would be a great improvement for many people, especially if people would not talk about certain subjects like politics, you know, and bug the heck out of us. Maybe I should stop talking about sex fasts in church and so I don't get in trouble from my wife. But uh, look at number eight, the combination fast. And the combination fast is, and this is what I do every year during our 21 days of prayer. I sit down, and you may just say this prayer in your own head right now between you and God, but I just say, Holy Spirit, Please bring to my mind those things you'd like me to fast from. And this is a customized fast that oftentimes the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind that you're to, to do. And oftentimes it'll involve those things or uh, those foods that you seem to rely upon the most. And so he, the Holy Spirit may say, hey, you're going to go 21 days without coffee. You're going to go 21 days without any kind of alcohol. Because, you know, alcohol is a really good slave, but it's an awful master, isn't it? You're going to go 21 days without red meat, or you're going to go 21 days, and you add to it social media or whatever, and so you have this customized group of things that uh, God has uh, spoken in your heart and head about to fast from during this uh, time. Now, a lot of people wonder, well, if I'm not eating, what do I do when I'm fasting? And that's a good question, because... The 21-day fast is not so much about what you're doing without, but it's what you're getting more of. You're getting more of Almighty God during this time, and that is the focus here. So, number one, pray. 
Every time you feel hunger, every time you feel the desire for television or whatever you're going to, uh, without, just say, God, I'm more hungry for you. I desire you more than this craving that's hitting my flesh right now. But a second thing that you can do is you can read his word and uh, listen to worship music. You know, times when I'm skipping meals or going without food, during that time, my food is to listen to worship music. It's food for my soul. I really like Wellhouse music, our band's worship uh, music. You can get that on uh, Spotify or you can, I think it's on iTunes as well. I also like bands like Bethel Music. If you're new to, you know, worship music or Jesus Culture or King's Kaleidoscope, those are just a few of the bands that I like to listen to when I'm worshiping in my private worship time. And during Jesus' 40-day fast in the Gospels, um, he went without bread. Uh, He went without any food, actually. And uh, he went without bread, which was a good thing. Remember, Jesus is called the bread of life, so bread's a good thing. But he went without a good thing in order to get a better thing, and that was more of God. He wasn't just looking for God's hand of miracles, but he was looking for God's face of connection and intimacy. Throughout the Bible, God's face is a symbol of like intimacy with him, and his hand is, represents his works or his miracles. And i got to speak to those of you that are spiritual investigators for just a minute, because I've heard some of you say, You know, Doug, if God would just do a little miracle for me, just do a little trick, then I would believe in him. But what you have to understand is that God is not interested in being your personal magician. God wants to be your loving father, that he's in intimate connection with you. That's what he wants. And so um, I was thinking about this when I was on my break during the holidays, and I went and visited, uh, you know, my, my wife's mom, and then we went to my parents' house, and we were the only ones to move out of state, so it's really hard to say goodbye to my mom. You know how your mom gets to you, right? And my mom would just hug me. She'd hang on. She's crying, and then she cries. Man, it's like, you know. And she says, I just, I just wish you didn't live so far. And that was hard to say goodbye to her and leave to come back here to our home in San Antonio Um, because we love to be together, you know? And my mom, in recent years, we talk on the phone a lot. She got a smartphone, so she's learning to text, which is great. But what she really likes is to use the FaceTime app Um, because even though we're not physically together, it's just another level of connection because it's kind of face, you know, face to face. And remember that passage in 1 Corinthians where Paul says, right now it's like we see in a mirror dimly, but someday we'll see him, what? Face to face, That's going to happen someday when we're in heaven. Right now, we're still in that time where we only see him in a mirror dimly, but praying with fasting it's kind of like using the FaceTime app. It's not technically in the same room together, but it's closer. It's closer. And you know, I wonder if some of you who are spiritual investigators might want to pray during these 21 days and say, I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray and God, I'm going to seek you because if you're really there, I want to know you. 
there are some of you that have been seeking him for a while and for whatever reason by God's spirit he's drawing you to himself today and he wants you to know him and simply trust that when Jesus died on the cross he did so in order to pay for your sin so you might just want to say a prayer in your head you don't have to close your eyes but just say something like hey look God I I confess I know I've sinned but right now the best I can comprehend it I'm choosing to believe that when Jesus died on that cross he did so to pay for my sin and God I welcome you into my life now we're going to continue in a time of prayer we're going to invite you to come to the front and pray Uh, perhaps you've already had time to think through what you're going to write on your your little magnet there but before you do that I wanted to just tell you what motivates me on this personally on this pray through to breakthrough thing I've been real open with you guys over the years about the past condition of my marriage and my own sins and struggles. And many years ago, Jeannie and I were almost divorced. Um, I was out of the ministry, wasn't qualified for the ministry at that time. And then miraculously, God healed our marriage. Um, God restored me. My church restored me into the ministry. And I gave my first talk back in the ministry. And this friend of ours named Cheryl came up after the service. I brought a picture of Cheryl and her husband, Gerald, and two of their kids. And Cheryl comes up to the front. She said, in my journal, I wrote down two years ago that I'm going to pray for your marriage and your ministry to be restored. And now that has happened. And I can guarantee you that my marriage is thriving today and I'm here enjoying your presence as a congregation and ministering in this great church because this woman of God understands how to pray through to break through. And what I want you to understand about the power in your prayers is that because of your commitments to fast and pray through to break through, someone's marriage is going to get saved. Because of your commitment to pray through to break through, someone is going to overcome the cloud of depression and that cloud's going to go away and they're going to experience joy again because of your commitment to pray through to break through someone's going to choose life over suicide someone else is going to get free of an addiction there's someone else that you've been praying for that they would come to a relationship with Christ and be able to experience him and they're going to come to know almighty God because of your commitment to pray through to break through and so would you stand now and if you're compelled to do so and comfortable to do so come to the front we've got sharpie markers all across the front here you can write your prayer requests and then just stick them on the stage and very quickly get back to your seat so we don't have too much of a traffic jam up front but let's stand together and worship and fight our battle in prayer as we commit ourselves to pray through to break through So, Lord, uh, we acknowledge that our battles are not like against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual realms. And so we come before you with a commitment to fast and pray and to overcome those ones that only come out by prayer and fasting. And there are many things that we've written down that are near and dear to our hearts. These are like treasures here. And so we trust you with the things that are on our hearts that we've written down and stuck to the stage. And we know going in that you're a good father that loves to give his children good gifts. 
You're not waiting in heaven with a hammer to smack us, but you want good for us. When we ask you for bread, you don't like give us a stone. You're a good father. And I pray for many here that they would receive new levels of filling of the Holy Spirit. They would just overflow with spiritual gifts and grace gifts. I pray for healing, comfort, help, protection, freedom, salvation. And we thank you for all the things that we're going to see during this 21 days as we commit ourselves to prayer and fasting. So thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word that instructs us in the ways of life. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.